Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week as ever. We have Paul Whiteside. How's your week been, mate? Yeah, very good, Rob. Thank you. Very good. He's getting better anyway <laughs> as the week goes along. But yeah, I'm all right. Thank you, mate. I enjoyed uh, my trip to all on Friday and uh, soaked a bit of work on Saturday and felt sorry for myself. But by Sunday, I was feeling a bit better. So yeah, all good. <clears throat> Yeah, we're ready to talk all things all Salford on the on the on the podcast is always a good thing. Cheap cheers you up. Yeah, I need cheering up, Rob. I really do. I need, I need something to cling on to. <laughs> that's what it's all about. It's hope. That's what that's what this podcast brings you, Paul. It's, it's hope. Uh, and talking about hope, we've got Paul Parkin on on the show uh, today. Parker, looking forward to talking all things uh, Salford Devils uh, this week. Yeah, hopefully, just uh, get a few things off my chest. Um, you know. Get it, get out of my system. I think that's the main thing. I said uh, before we came on, uh, we came on air. So I think I uh, just, you know, I, I was kind of just saying that it, it, I buried my head for the last few days. Um, so it'd be nice to uh, nice to get it off now and then. You know, let's start again. Have a fresh look. Yeah, we've got the got the. We're enjoying the Euros as well. Parky, have you managed to uh, to take in a few games? Uh, one or two. Um, I think I've only missed one. All the way through so far. Um, I've got them all recording anyway. So, um, yeah, no, I'm quite enjoying it, to be honest. It's, it's, it's nice to see. It's nice to see, you know, stadiums with crowds in and, and that kind of thing. And uh, the England game the other day obviously lifted my spirits a bit over the weekend. But a uh, long way to go yet. But, yeah, um, bit of football. Still got the rugby. Cricket's back. What more can I want? Yeah, uh, Richard Marshall spoke about England's chances of the Euros in the press conference. Uh, and this is what I had to say. I hope it's good. I hope we've got. I hope we've got a good chance. I think you know. I, I have met Gareth Southgate a, a couple of times, and, and I'm so pleased that he's got his probably team through the through the tears. I spoke about the tears development. Well, that's that's probably his team from four or five years ago now, and he can mould that into into his own. I think it's fantastic for for, for England, fantastic for us, and, and and that there is a pathway for youth. Um, yeah, so. Uh, I think we'll make the final. I'm not sure we'll win it, but I think we'll make the final. Sorry, can I just jump in there just for a second? Yeah, no problem. You said you, said you met Gareth Southgate. Was that like just bumping into him or did you actually sort of discuss coaching stuff with him? We did. I booked, So I was coaching England Academy and we was at St George's Park. We had a session there. Uh, we spent a couple of days down there with the academy lads and he was coaching the under-21s at the time and we crossed on the stairs. And it was good really because... He said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm with a rugby team. I'm, I'm, I'm England, England Academy head coach. He said, oh, I'm with the under-21s. I'm the under-21s, so very similar. And it was one of them where, obviously, I knew him. And I said, hiya, Gareth. And he didn't know who I was. But <laughs> And it was one of them on the stairs where you could go then. And he didn't. He stayed for about 20 minutes. And we had a real <laughs> good chat. And he said, you can come and watch us train. I watched them train. And, uh, yeah, so I, that, that, that from there. He won't remember me from Adam now, I'm sure. But... Uh, but it was good and it was really insightful in, in his personality. He took 20 minutes out of his day to come and speak to me, really. Uh, I thought that was very impressive. Brilliant. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, good. So that was Richard Marshall Parker talking about England's chances and, and when he met uh, Gareth Southgate as well, uh, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, it, I suppose at the time, he, he probably didn't sink in how important he was going to be because obviously Gareth was... You know, still starting out at that point as well. But yeah, interesting. Um, I don't know why were they at St George's. I know they were there with the academies, but I don't really know how they got permission to be there. I thought it was just a football thing. Um, but yeah, um, 
yeah, he, he, he thinks we can we can do pretty well, doesn't he, Richard? I'm not I'm not as confident as he is, but um, I'm sure we can go far enough into the tournament to keep the excitement going for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's that's what it's all about, excitement. Another thing that is exciting, it's all for Red Devils. Uh, we're going to be talking all about the defeat against Hulk. I pick the bones out of that. Uh, see what Richard Marshall's reaction uh, to the defeat was. Uh, then we're going to offer the big news of the week, and then Paul's going to do his amateur report from our local uh, local sides, and then we're going to preview the game against Huddersfield on Friday. So what we'll do, we'll start uh, with the defeat against OKR on Friday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Sovereign Devils went down to defeat against Hull KR. They lost 40 points to four away from home on Friday night. Paul, disappointing result uh, for Richard Marshall's men. Yeah, yeah, it was a disappointing game. We, we were expecting um, a reaction, I think, after the, after the Warrington defeat, you know, with the 60 points conceded. And, uh, yeah, we came out in that game for me. I thought we started quite well. We scored a well-worked try. And for the first 15 minutes of the game, we were on top. The crowd were getting on their back. You could sense that. Even I was sat in behind um, like a patio door in this box, but you could hear the crowd. And we were getting a few penalties there. And I thought, we've got a chance here in this game. And the big turning point for me, the momentum swing, was the uh, the Simbin and the Chris Atkin. It just totally seemed to knock the stuffing out of us. And I'm not saying that's an excuse, but the game sort of changed on that. And the momentum of the game changed. So, uh, so yeah, I thought it was an awful decision, but... The way we played after that was not acceptable. Um, kicking the ball out on the full twice it was a joke. Um, the the Eskini letting the ball go out from a kickoff. Just little daft mistakes. I mean, how many times we passed the ball into touch, I'm not sure. There was a lad sat near me from, from Hull, Hull FC, actually, their press, and it was embarrassing. He was laughing at us. saying, you know, and, and I was sat there trying to defend us, but we are absolute garbage at times. And um, I don't know. I just don't know where that came from. And, and, and I, 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 I sort of come home and, and thought to myself, have we improved there on that, that Warrington game? And no, I don't think we did. I think we was worse. Um, OK, I squandered a lot of chances. So I don't know I don't know what happened to the players in, in that game. And well, obviously, we're going to talk through the game. But it, I was a bit shocked, really, and a bit upset come full-time. I didn't really know what to say, but... Um, it was, a, it was a, a tough one to take and tough on the support, I think, as well. So, you know, are we going to get a reaction this week against Huddersfield? I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it was it was disappointing. The first 20 minutes, though, Parker, were, were, were good. We, we put pressure on OKR. A couple of sort of separate periods of pressure. Uh, one <clears> resulted <throat> in a near try and the other one resulted in a try for us from Ken Seal. Lovely kick from and Like Paul said, Hull KR were getting frustrated. The crowd were getting on top. You said last week, you know, we needed a strong referee. And, uh, yeah, we, 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 we got a bit... <clears throat> obviously, the Chris Atkin Simbin, the decision was wrong. I think it's safe to say. I think the people on the Sky commentators weren't getting drawn on that. They weren't they weren't really accepting that it was wrong. They kept saying, oh, Salford's had a, a rough decision here, rough decision, when really they should just come out and call a spade a spade and say it was a, the wrong decision. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose he may be impartial, but that—I mean—that that that decision with Atkin, yeah, it changes the game slightly or the momentum of the game, should we say? But he, like Paul said, it's not an excuse. You go down to twelve, and then you work a little bit harder for the for your teammates. It was a bad decision. Uh, Lee Mossop obviously argued the case um, with the referee. 
uh, he was having none of it. So he's made a mistake. Uh, one of many in the game that he made. But, you know, again, it's too easy to blame referees. Um, for me, the players didn't work hard enough. They took it to heart, that, that, that decision, which you can't do. Just got to get on with it. It's, it, it's happened. Just defend your line, uh, as Hulk KR did when they went down to 12 men. Um I'll just work a little bit harder for that one team, mate, and then getting back in the in the game. It's, the decision's wrong. There's no doubt about that. Everybody everybody saw it in rugby league, but um, it it wasn't good enough. The reaction's not good enough from the players. We 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 were on top at that point. We, we really were. And we, you take you surely you take something out of and going right. We'll get through this. You know that that mentality of we've been hard done to. Let's let's fight this. Um, and, and we didn't. We just seemed to give up at that point. And, and after that, for the next, you know, well, for the rest of the game, really, we, we just weren't at it. We weren't. We didn't look interested at times. We were disorganised again. Poor discipline once again. Um, and overall, just an absolute shambles. And like Paul said, as a fan, it wasn't so much anger I felt at the end of the game. It was upset. The, the fact that we could turn that out, especially after what we put through, we were put through against the against Warrington, and and again, like Paul said, I think it's the worst performance in the Warrington game because Warrington have got some world well class players in there, you know, Widdop and people like that who are who are top of the game. No disrespect to all KR, they're not Warrington. They're they're a good side, a very good sort of better than the, you know probably the, the, the some of their parts if you like, um, but we just didn't. We just didn't stick it stick it to him at all after that first 10, 15 minutes. We just fell apart. And uh, I don't know, something seemed seemed very off to me at that point. And uh, it was very worrying. Yeah, obviously, Paul, we, we look back at previous games. Uh, the Saints game, we had, a, we had a man put in the bin uh, and we had a different reaction. You know, players defended, you know, like the life depended on it. And, and this time they rolled over for me and, it, and it's it's kind of it has to be a worry for Richard Marshall going forward because obviously when you're in a dogfight at the bottom you need you need your players to, to, to run through walls for you you certainly do and that that third try that okay I scored I thought summed the first half up that Brad Taki Takirangi I think his name was um, kicked the ball through and we just sort of stood and watched him and, and no no it was like some people were saying well you do it I'm not doing it you do the work and that, that attitude for me is not, not good enough. You know, there's too many people on there going through the motions and you can say all you want about injuries, but I'm not going to name names of players. It's not right. But there's enough players on there that played on Friday night with experience of Super League and, and international experience. We had a few internationals playing there. We all knew who they are. He played in World Cups and big games like that. So what's going on? It's not like you've got a team full of academy kids out there who are working the socks off and just getting men against boys. They're on good money. And, you know, to churn that out and... What annoys me as well, and I feel sorry for the supporters because, especially the Warrington game, I think I said it the other week, we've gone, what, 14, 15 months without going to a match. People have bought season tickets again, paid for the tickets last year, and you come in cheering this out for them. I mean, you think with supporters back there now, you'd be, you know, busting a gut to really impress them, and it's just not there. And and people on, on social media can blame Richard Marshall all they want and slag him off, but the players need to take some accountability for it. Richard Marshall don't go out there and miss tackles. Richard Marshall doesn't kick out on the full. You know, you've got to take responsibility for it. I felt sorry for Marshall at the end of the game on Friday. I, I watched him getting interviewed and I was, there was a telly in the box behind me and I was, I was sort of had my half ear on it, but I watched him trudge off and I, thought, I felt really sorry for him because I thought, you know, he looks really down there and he needs his players to, to, to put a shift in for him. He can't go out there and do it for them, so... 
So that that like Parky said, that's the thing what hurts the most. I mean, I've never been a supporter who stood on the sidelines slagging people off and saying kick the coach out. I, I, I and Parky's the same and you're the same. I think of Salford as my family and I want them to do well and I want them to win and, and when they lose like that, it, it hurts you. And it did with me at the weekend and no, it was it was a real tough result to take that, real tough result. Yeah. Obviously we're an opportunity club, Parky, and with opportunity comes responsibility and pressure as well. And it's how you deal with that sort of pressure going forward. The pressure's on Richard Marshall. The pressure's on Paul Trainer. The pressure's on Paul King. The pressure's on Ian Blees. The pressure's on the players. It's the first kind of stress test that this community sort of <coughs> feel club has, has had, really, in, in, in the time they've all sort of been involved. So it will be interesting to see sort of what happens in the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean... We we said before last before the game this week that uh, we just wanted to see a response, like Paul said. I wanted to see a bit of fire. You know, you get beat. I, I said this last week. If you get beat, fine. It's how you get beat that matters. We we just put the white flag up. We we gave up some of the, some of that defence on on Friday. I, I was, you know, six year olds wouldn't wouldn't make attempts like that. They were kind of just sticking arms out and trying to grab shirts. And, you know, okay, we made them look like, you know, the Roosters or something at times, the way they were playing. And they just grew in confidence knowing that there was nothing to beat. And a lot, again, like I said last week, a lot of soul-searching has got to have gone on this week. Like Paul said, no matter what people think of Richard Marshall and what job he's doing, we're not in training every day, we don't see what, what goes on. But then players are still full-time professional rugby league players People would give their right arm to be in their position, and they're not performing. Now, if you're the players there are looking at going to other clubs, these other clubs, you're watching that, going, "Well, why would we want to sign you? That's the best you can churn out every week." So, collectively, between the manager and the players, they've got to get together, sort out anything that's that's an issue, or just work a little bit harder, but get a bit of pride in yourself and in, in that shirt and in the badge. Play what it what it actually stands for because that, that these last two performances are absolutely nowhere near and are unacceptable and uh, you know it, it will be Richard Marshall who, who loses his job in the end there's, there's no doubt about that the players know they're safe the players don't get sacked for bad performances managers do and the pressure's got to go back on them a little bit they've got to they've got to respond again this week and that's not going to be easy let's be honest and we'll talk about it later but um, it's just not good enough and, and it's unacceptable certain players realistically need to have a look at themselves and, and you know, think, have I given what I can? Yeah, talk to Richard Marshall uh, after the game. This is what we have to say. Coach's Corner. Defeat tonight against OKR. What do you say to your players in the change room after that? Uh, yeah, we spoke about um, the work that we're doing in the week um, and taking more responsibility for individual actions. Uh, being accountable, accountability was a word that we used. Um, there's just some simple things that we need to do far, far better. Uh, just simple three v twos on the edge, discipline. Yeah, not not for, throughout the whole of the team, but certain individuals within the group uh, need to be a lot better. Need to be a lot better than that. Yeah, that's that that, that is nowhere near the required standard for a for Salford. Yeah, in the first half, we built pressure. And we look dangerous. Can you see any any other positives that come out of that? Yeah, we looked threatening. I thought when we stuck to the plan and we kicked them in corners in the first 10, 12 minutes, I thought we had a real good go at it. Uh, obviously, then we got a man Simbin again. 
Um, our discipline's woeful at the moment. Um, we just uh, that's with and without the ball. Our discipline with the ball to to have the respect um, that, that that we need. Uh, I think we're eighty three percent completion in the first half, and then that that tailed off in the second half and took a real stranglehold in the game, and then just typifies the way we play at the moment. We get a man sent off on on the bell, which is, is nowhere near good enough. Yeah, momentum momentum is everything in rugby league, and the Chris Atkinson bin changed the game. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, it did. Because, um, yeah, we had a lot of momentum and forward uh, push and we looked like we were playing. We just weren't clinical, even in that, um, even in the period where, where they lost the man as well. They lost their fullback. Uh, I didn't think we were clinical when they had 12 players either. Yeah, second half, never really got started, never really built any pressure. Was that us suffering from not having as good as smarts or was it them? Being better all around. Yeah, I just thought they looked uh, better with the ball in hand, more organised, uh, the better kicking game. As I said, the first sort of three or four sets, we, we, we did exactly what we said we were going to do. And, and then in the second half, capitulated. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's the story of our season. There's something that needs to change and needs to change fast. Yeah, obviously two big defeats on, on the spin. Um, so what, what's the plan for, for next week? Uh, well, obviously we'll be planning to train hard. That's all we can do at this point in time. We're at the bottom of the competition or there and thereabouts. We need to be, be clawing our way up. We need to have some, not some, we need to have a lot more desperation in our performances um, and a little bit more uh, smart with the ball. Uh, we'll be looking at that in a week. Uh, obviously we'll be coming up against a good team next week in Huddersfield and um it will be a chance to kickstart our season, as today was. We failed to do that miserably, and we're looking to do that, fix that right in the week. Yeah, two and all are here limped off, and Paulie Paulie was sent off. Bit of a costly night, you know, for bodies for next week. Possibly, yeah, possibly. It looked that way. I think, on average, we lose two or three players a game. Um, you know, for injury or suspension, and that's nowhere near good. We can't, you know, we're not certainly not good enough at the minute with thirteen on the field. Never mind with twelve and. That, that can't continue to happen. Yeah, Huddersfield uh, next week. Is that the biggest game of the season so far? <clears throat> They're all big. This was a big game. This was a big game that we prepared for. We had two weeks preparation. We had a few players back. Andy Akers, Lee Mosser, Joe Burgess made his, um, uh, made his debut for the club. I think Kinsey played his 200th career appearance. You know, I think he, had a, he scored a wonderful try for us early on. It seems a lifetime ago now, but you know, he's been one of our most consistent performers, Kenny, and, uh, you know, I'd take my hat off to him in, in his professionalism. Yeah. Obviously, next week, you, you face Ian Watson, Salford Redville's ex-coach. Is there any extra pressure on that? No, we just need to start winning, don't we? We need to start winning and winning fast. Uh, but it's not even, you know, it is about winning, but at the same time, the manner of our performances are way below star, uh, way below standard, way below. We're, we're way off with the, with the standard of our performances at the moment. Good luck. Thank you. So, Richard Marshall, very angry behind the eyes, it has to be said, Paul. He talked about responsibility and accountability, you know, for individuals in his, in his team. Uh, he, he kind of deflected uh, sort of real going in on them because he's the coach and he obviously needs to protect his players for, for them to, to keep performing. Yeah, he does. He does. But I think, like Parker said, they've got to take a bit of responsibility now, the players. I mean, 
He's, I don't know. I've, I've seen people comment. I've read an awful lot of comments on social media recently. I do read stuff. I never put anything on really anymore. I can't be bothered with it. But I do read stuff and you think, mm, is he right there? I've seen people say, oh, Marshall's lost the dressing room. This, the players aren't playing for him. And we all know that's, that's doing the rounds, what people say. And I always look at it like my job. I tell you what, I don't think I have any any managers that I've liked at work. I've had loads and can't stand any of them. But um, no, one or two of them have been all right. But at the end of the day, you, you go to work and do the best job you can because it's called pride. You have pride in your job. And, and my sort of supporters, if you like, are my customers. So I do anything to help them, no, no matter what my manager does. So to me, the players should be looking at those people, those faces in the crowd and thinking, you know, I'm going to do it for that that bloke who, who's paid this week. He might, might be a bit short. He might have got furloughed or whatever, but, you know, he's paid to come and watch me. So I'm going to put, put me all in for this club and this, this badge that's on my chest here. So that that's what the players need to do. And when we talk about looking in the mirror, you look this week and, you know, you're very privileged. You're a full-time professional athlete. Start putting a bit of effort in. And yeah, we, we, I don't think anybody physically goes out onto a pitch to lose a match, but questions have got to be asked sometimes about your attitude and throwing the towel in. We've thrown the towel in two games running now, and it's not good enough. It's, and you can't afford to do that this week. Huddersfield going to be fired up for this. What else going to have Huddersfield fired up on, on Friday night? And if we get beat by 50 points again, you know, what sort of message is that sending out? We're trying to trying to build a club and, and you'll get crowds back coming in when, they, when the, uh, the COVID restrictions lift and all that. The club's just going to go down the toilet. You keep tuning in performances like this. We need we need something, and the players have got that responsibility now. And I keep saying it. I feel sorry for Richard Mars. I mean, like Pag said, I'm not training every week. I don't see what they're up to. But when I've spoken to him, when you've spoken to him, he seems a decent bloke. He wants his best for the club, and and, and I see the players playing for him, and, and and you know bending the backs. Yeah, we have we have seen patches though, Paul. It's not been all doom and gloom. Eighty-five percent completion completion rate in that first half is that the problem was when you sort of go a man down and concede three tries, but then okay, I go a man down and we aren't able to sort of manage that situation, Parky, and and that's and that's the thing that really kind of sort of worries me and concerns me that the chance is there, the chance is there, but we weren't able to take it. Yeah, I don't. I, I... The, the glimmers are very, very few and far between. Let's be honest, those those patterns of play that you look at and go, wow, that was good. How many of them have we seen this year? How, how many real decent attacking moves have we put on? We, you know, we look devoid of ideas at times and um, there's, there's nothing to excite you at the moment. And it, it looks, you know, it's all disappointment. Defensively, we were weak. Attacking is, is just non-existent. We scored first and then didn't score again for the rest of the game. You know, when they went down to twelve, man, this, this was our chance to at least make it look, you know, a little bit respectable. We didn't get anywhere. No, we couldn't hold the ball for two tackles. It, 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 things like that, like balls. That, that's not the manager's fault. He's not dropped that ball. That that international rugby league player just dropped that or threw it into touch. You know what? what things like that. I mean. Richard, he didn't dig the players out in his in his interview that he just you know he just played, and and rightfully so he's not he's not going to gain any fans by doing that and he's not going to you know help his own cause, but there was plenty he could have done, plenty of players he could have you know really pointed the finger at this week and experienced players who just did not didn't do it for him. Now, you know again like I say, do I think you know Richie Marshall's. Doing the right the right thing, not always. I don't think he plays the correct team most weeks. I'm not a manager, you know. I I'm not paid to make them decisions. He sees what happens in tra- training. 
the, the difficulty is once he puts a team on the pitch, it's then up to them to take responsibility for it. Um, and I thought he spoke, you know, really, really quite well and protected the team a little bit there. Um, but he could have, you know, he could have certainly singled out one or two that he could easily say, you know, for me, probably shouldn't play again or this season because it just wasn't that their performances weren't weren't good enough. And it's it's hard, it's hard to know where to start and who to blame. Um, but they're all in it together. So, you know, between them, they've got to sort this this issue now. It's about starting winning now. And that's what Richard Marshall said, uh, Paul. It's about turning the corner as soon as you can. Yeah, it is. It is. There's a lot of worries. I mean, for me, it's not just the defence. We've scored 106 points in nine games. Um, it's, it's relegation. And I look at Lee and, I, and I've took a bit of a... I've listened to their last two games on the radio. I've not seen them. I've listened to them on the radio. And listening to Jack and Trevor on radio, they sound like they, they, they're trying. They're playing with a bit of ambition. And whereas we're not. They've been a bit unlucky and they ran out of steam in matches. And we haven't. And my worry is perhaps they might sign a couple of players. If I had to put my mortgage on us going winning there at weekend, say we're playing Lee away at weekend, I don't think I could, could lump it on. I wouldn't have faith in us. So it, it's difficult at the moment. And I look at our squad and I think, yeah, those players are good enough. Those players are good enough. But sometimes in rugby league, football, whatever sport, you might have decent squad on paper. But once things start spiralling and unravelling, it's very difficult. You're in a hole and you're looking up and it gets deeper and deeper and you can't get out of it. And then you run out of games. COVID might strike. We need to start winning. We need to start winning fast. We need a result. And I'm looking at these next couple of games. We've got Huddersfield and we've got Leeds at home. They're all going to be tough. There's no easy games in that Super League now for us. Um, and we can't just keep relying on Lee getting beat every week because they're going to win. I was chat- Like I said before, I was chatting to um, a lad who was the whole press man on Friday night. And on the way out, he was saying to me, he said, oh, we've got Lee away next week. And he says, uh, we're really struggling. We're, we're going to struggle to, to feel the team in that game. We've got a load of injuries, blah, blah, blah. He says, I fancy Lee to, to beat us. And I was thinking, bloody hell, that's all we need. We've just lost to OKR. And now I'm panicking about all getting beat at Lee next week. But no, we can't keep relying on things like that. We need to. We need a result, whether it's a, a scruffy win or whatever. We need to get a result and, and get some confidence. I think once you win a game and you get that confidence, you can start building things. But when you're on this losing run, it's a habit now. When it players are down, players are beaten before they go out and... You look at that on Friday, as soon as we got that little bit of adversity, that bad decision against us, which was a terrible decision. It was a fantastic tackle from Chris Atkin, great bit of defending. But as soon as we got that little bit of adversity against us, the players didn't know how to react to it. It was just heads down straight away. And that's probably cost us the game. I'm not saying that decision has, but that momentum swing did cost us the game because we never recovered from it. Yeah, you're right there. There, Paul, it was it was a momentum swinging moment in the game. But like you said, Parky previously, you know, the players are in a bit of a bit of a rut at the moment and it's they need to find a way out. Marsh Richard Marsh says they have to win and win quick and, and that's it. You, whether you win scruffy or whether you win well, it's it's two points you need. Yeah. The the, the strange thing is, I mean, you you mentioned obviously Lee there. Lee is showing everything that we're not. Hmm. They're showing fine. I mean, to to nearly turn over Catalan at the weekend, the form that they've been in. And the lead that they, they they put up in that second half, you're thinking Lee, Lee would probably just put the cue on the rack, that's it, we're beaten, and Catalan go and score 50. Lee ended up losing by six points to a, to an excellent Catalan team. The fight they've got, the only thing that Lee lack is quality. 
They've got heart, they've got passion. Nobody can question anything about them and they haven't won a game yet. And we're asking so many questions about our team. Why? Because we have got quality. We have got good players. Yes, we've got injuries and suspensions. That's what your squad's for. But at the start of the season, we all looked at that squad and said, that's good enough. That could be a top six team. No problem. If we get an injury here, we've got him to replace him. You know, and at the, at the weekend, I looked at that team and I, I thought, this, this, isn't the, this isn't the same team that I thought we'd assembled. Mm. I, one of, the, one of the, the, the best players for me was the young kid on loan from Saints. And you could tell he'd been brought through the right way. He didn't give up. He was committed to doing what he did. He had a job to do and he stuck to it. Too many players didn't. Very, very few will ever come out of that game with, with anything. And uh, we've got to get a bit of what Lee have got. Um, like we said last week, when they get a new coach, another kick up the backside for him. He might come in with new ideas and get the best out of them. And they will nick a win. We could be in serious trouble if we don't turn this around quickly. Yeah, I agree with you there, Packy. But the thing, like you said, with a new coach, Lee have put their chips in because they were bottom of the league. We're not. So is it, you know, we've watched Salford for a long time. We've we've seen coaches come and go. You can see when things are going wrong and how, it, how they progress. You're hoping that this might be different this time around. With with Marshall, um, how how do, is it up to him to change his ways and and change it up, or is it more of a, a sort of a players thing having to, you know, think well what we'll do we'll we'll we'll, we'll dig in here uh, when it really matters. Personally, I think it's both. I think both parties, players and and management, have got to have a look at what they're doing. What is there something they're not doing right in training? Are they not studying the opposition? Are they are they not working on ball skills? You know, defensive patterns. I don't know. I, I, we, we, we can't see. All I can do is see what's on that pitch on a, on a match night. And it, it's not good enough. The reason, I mean, Lee have, they have nothing to lose. They came into this league and everyone said they'll finish bottom. Right? So, Derek Beaumont could have kept Duffy in the job all year. It would have made no difference. We, we're not in that same boat. Lee now have actually taken action on something that he didn't, he didn't need. So Lee had expected to get relegated and finish bottom, but he thought this isn't good enough for my club. You know, the effort's there and everything, but we might need a few new ideas. And it, it, that's why he took that action. And I, I think he's, you know, he was right to do so. He could have stayed loyal to Duffer. You know, he assembled a team for Super League in, in a matter of weeks. You know, that, that's not right. They're two points behind us. A team that's been to a grand final, a Challenge Cup final in the last two years. There's something drastically wrong there. Um, we, we shouldn't be in this position at all um, no matter what, what you say about injuries and, and suspensions I don't, I'm not really buying that at the moment so again like I say I think, I think it's, they've all got to knuckle down and, and basically just batten down the hatches now close out to the rest of the world and just get whatever it is behind the scenes or whatever's going on and if there isn't anything going on you know, let's have a look at the training technique or something because this isn't right it's, it's a tough period, uh, Paul, to be in. Um, like I say, Richard Marshall, he knows his players. The players know themselves. And, uh, you know, it's all about sort of giving everything you've got um, and hopefully turning the corner. It certainly is. And I've heard a few people throughout the season and the build-up to the season make bold predictions about where we're going to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I never tend to do that. I always like to have a look at them first and see. But... Heard a few people, I think last week, say, oh, we're too good to go down Lee bottom. I tell you what, I remember 2007. We, we'd done really well in 06. I remember signing Cork Edis, Luke Dawn, 
Mark Edmondson, yeah. uh, among others. Good side, decent team. But we ended up going down because all KR came up and they were a bit more, I think they had a bit more enthusiasm than us. I remember them coming to the Willows and beating us and we all thought, oh, we ain't going to go down. And we did. And it just shows you can have you can have talented players and if, once you're in that rut, which were like we got in that season, it's dead hard to get out of it. And I know it's a bit different this time with Lee at the bottom and like we we're talking about there, but the longer you're down there and you're struggling, confidence drops. And another thing, players are moving on. Players have signed for other teams for next season. Are they really bothered when it comes towards the end of the season when there's only three games left? Well, I'm not having it on a beach. I'm going signing for Huddersfield next season. I'm going signing for Wigan next season. I'm not bothered. And, and that, it's difficult to turn things around then because you've gone too far. So we need to, to, to sort this now before it gets any worse because once... You've lost like 15 games or 14 games or whatever. You're in a real real problem, aren't you? We get to beat against Huddersfield on Friday. I think we won one in 10. And then you're playing Leeds at home, a game that we very rarely win. That's going to be a tough game. You've got Wakefield the week after. They're all tough games, aren't they? And these sides around us are starting to pick up points. That That's my only thing now at the moment. And yeah, I'm starting to get a bit nervous now. I, I just I just want to see a performance. I want to see us compete. I said it the other week. Before you can win a game, you've got to compete in a game. Two games there now, we've not competed. We've never looked like winning. We've not even been in the game. So at half-time against OKR, that game was over. I didn't think we were going to come back. I thought it's game over this. It's, I can't see us. Unless we score the first thing in the second half, I think this game's gone. And as the game went on, it was proved right. But I want to see us compete. I want to see us come out and, and, and play some rugby league and entertain the supporters and chuck the ball about a bit. Because at the moment, it's just... There's something, like Pike said, there's something missing. There's something not right. And I can't put my finger on it. People have said to me, what do you think it is? And I don't know. I I, I can't put my finger on what's, what's wrong at the moment. It's difficult. It's a complete lack of confidence, a, a complete lack of belief. And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, let's uh, look at the stats from the game, Parker. Uh, Tackling-wise, Elijah, Elijah Taylor, 32, Lee Mossop, 28, Andy Akers, 35, Sebastian Nikkei, 32, Greg Burke, 25, Harvey Levette, 29. Four was doing a lot of tackling. Yeah, well, <laughs> when you're dropping the ball every two tackles, you're going to have to, aren't you? That's the problem. We just... Our ball control the other night was, was horrendous. Probably some of the worst I've ever seen. Every time we had a chance to build something, we either dropped it, passed it to the wrong man, put it into touch, whatever it was. The play, the, the forwards do have to do a lot more more tackling. And, you know, then when they get the ball to go forward, they haven't got the energy. They're not going to make any metres. You, you you're doing a lot of defending. But, again, it's the same players every week, isn't it? Getting stuck in and doing these tackles. Um, you know, Elijah Taylor, again, another 30-odd. We're going to burn him out. You know, you can't be expected to do all this work all the time. I know he loves, he must love that side of it, the defensive side. But he's a talented footballer. He, he, when he gets the ball, what, what chance has he got when he's done 30 odd tackles in a game? He, he'll be shattered, especially in the heat. It was a warm night, wasn't it, the other night? And it, it will be again this week. We've, we've got to get better with the ball. We've really got to control the ball. And we, if you don't have the ball, you're not going to win the game. Simple as that. And, uh, I do feel for, for for one or two of them, not all of them, but you know, one or two of them really uh, are still putting the you know the, the shoulder to, to the wheel to, to to help us, but there's not enough of it at the moment. Looking at your top meter makers, uh, Paul Elijah Taylor forty four, Ken Seo ninety eight, Harvey Levette ninety two, Jack Wells ninety three, Ben Davis the new loan signing ninety nine, uh, Jack Wells in ninety three, always impressive uh, for me. 
Yeah, but you've just read it out there, Rob. We, we normally have a, a lot more over under, don't we? Yeah, uh, true. There's not really there, is it? I mean, yeah, just going back to, to Davis, I didn't realise he was Dougie Davis's uh, grandson. Yeah. So somebody mm-hmm. told me. So, uh, you know, sadly, Dougie Davis passed away recently. Didn't championship winner at Salford in the seventies. So there was a bit of history there. So, I thought he came in and, and didn't let us down at all, the lad. Um, I think for a real youngster there to be thrown in in that sort of game, in, playing in a team that's really down and beat, and I think he came out with a lot of credit. I thought he worked really hard, and I felt a bit sorry for that lad. So, uh, so good luck to him again this week. I hope he gets picked because he deserves it. Yeah, there were there were some decent displays. I think Ken Seo. Puts it in every week. I think Reese Williams puts it in every week. They just don't get the service out wide. Yeah. They're coming in doing loads of work. Yeah. Reese Williams every week puts his puts his yeah. heart and soul into it. Um, I think it, it's, it's difficult. I can't I can't come on here and slag players off. It's not my style, and I know you two are the same. But we all know there's, there's players there who are perhaps just going through the motions a bit. I'm not going to come on and say they're not trying. I just don't think their head's in the right place, some of them. And and whether it's com- a confidence thing, a lack of belief, I, I don't know. Perhaps it just needs someone to, to put their arm around them and tell them that, you know, you're a good player, you can do this, you, you did well last season, you know. I don't know when you're losing matches, it, it must be a downer and it must be hard to get out of that, you know. Like I said, I, I've been scratching my head, lads, recently. I, I, I don't know. What the problem is, I mean, Harvey Levette in that game, he had a late fitness test. I was watching him warm up about 10 minutes before kickoff, so he didn't look didn't look right to me, but he held his hand up and he played. And I thought he worked really hard, you know, considering he probably wasn't fit and probably shouldn't have played. So um, it is difficult. And we've said that before, Richard Marshall's doing it difficult at the moment with, with injuries and suspensions and things like that. So, you know, hats off to him. He, he stuck his hand up there, Harvey, and, and played the game. But, no, it's um, it's a difficult situation at the moment. Yeah, time to take your medication. We'll go through the, the three-word match reports. Um, Chairman Bob got stuck on the M60, uh, Paul, and didn't make the uh, didn't make the game. Probably a few of us probably felt the same way, really, towards the end. Yeah, I wish I'd have got stuck on the M60. Not <laughs> made the game. It was a long... Well, it wasn't, I say, it wasn't really a long drive home because I set off and I thought... I need someone to talk to. So I spoke to Parky for about 25 minutes and then my dad phoned me for the other hour and 20. So I was on the phone all the way home talking to somebody. So it's like uh, Parky and my dad were like the Samaritans on Friday. Stuart Smart need better halves. His man of the match was uh, Burgess. My three-word match put was in a spin. Ken Seo, Dave Wallin, uh, embarrassing, disorganised, unenthusiastic. Colin Wilson, bad to worse. Mark, very, very disappointing. Paul, you said that one hurt. Reese Williams is your man of the match. Carol, Renshaw, we need help, Parker. Does, obviously, we, we'll, we'll come on to this later. I know um, he's a, Richard Marshall's had a bit of help this week, so that might help uh, in the long run. Yeah, I, I, like Paul said, I, I, I don't know what the answer is. We do need something. What it is, I really don't know. A Jackson... These things would be nice, you know, partway through a season again and a, a Joey Lussick. Uh, that's that's not happening, is it? Let's be honest. Just roll a dice, we, Parker. That's all we, it is. We need, Just a roll of a dice, mate. Something. I do I do think we need fresh fresh blood in the in the team. I've got no doubt about that. A win is is the one thing that we we really need to, to get our season on track and it's it's not it's not gonna happen. It's kind of that vicious circle. What comes first, you know? We need to put performance in first. Um to get you know, but to get to that level, the, the lads have got to be a bit more enthusiastic and uh, and perhaps fired up and, and, and angry about it. 
not angry that they're going to get you know sent off in the last second or something like that. But you know, just just I don't know. There's something, something not there. They don't look as passionate as they should do. I think that's part of the problem at the moment. They look very very flat, very monotone to me. And it, I don't know. That that's that's something they need. Probably a rocket on the backside. Probably Carl Harrison coming in with his sword by hell. Yeah. Um, just to just to get them going again. Yeah. You know, something like that. Kevin Tamati coming in in a bad mood. I don't know. It, um, makes, you, it but, makes you think, wonder what is like, what Richard Marshall is like in that situation. Is he a packy? Is he like a teacup thrower, or, or is he like a, like a just go in and, and say, right lads, that was not good enough, and storm out again? Or we, we don't know, do we? We don't really know what what kind of kind of coach. Do, do you need really in that situation? Is it best to go in and you know put the wind up everyone about it, or or is the silent treatment better? I don't know. The players react differently, don't they? They're yeah. all the same, just like us in, in everyday life. Sometimes at work you need a pat on the back yeah. when things aren't going your way. You know, say, "Come on, you're all right." Other times you do need a rifling. Um, I don't. Richard comes across as a very sort of calm and methodical kind of manager. I'm not saying he couldn't give him a blast. I don't know, um, and I, I'm sure he has done, but I don't know. We don't seem fired up when we come on the pitch. That's that's one thing. We don't get instantly stuck into a team. And uh, maybe that comes from there. I, I don't know. But, um, they, yeah, it's just like Carol said there, there's, there's just something missing. Uh, Paul, your mate, your neighbour, Roy Allaby, uh, nothing to say. Willow's Red, relegation dogfight. Williams, David Snape, weak, clueless relegation. Hopefully not. We'll turn it round. Before then, um, Stephen Doyle, like we've said, something seriously wrong. And, yeah, lots of lots of uh, three-word match reports like that. But you can understand it, can't you, Paul? Obviously, fans are, fans are frustrated, fans are angry. And, obviously, I put that tweet out about two minutes after kickoff, uh, two minutes after it's full-time, so you get the, the full effect. Yeah, and it was a televised game as well, wasn't it? So, everybody sees it. The whole country sees it, don't they? And... <laughs> It's embarrassing, I think, when you play like that. It's it's not what you want. And I think the supporters were just grasp, uh, trying to grasp anything. You just want a bit of comfort, don't you? And, you know, some of us are a bit more tolerant than others, aren't we? I mean, those three guys go a long time and you, you tend to laugh things off. I sulk a bit the day after and worry about them like I shouldn't do, but I always have done. But, yeah, a lot of other people perhaps... You tend to get a bit mad about things, and you, you see, you read stuff on like Twitter and, and Facebook and that. And some people like don't have to talk rubbish, but you know, we're all entitled to our opinion, aren't we? And yeah, straight after the game, yeah, people are bound to be hurt because they want them to do well, they want to see a reaction, and we wanted to see a performance. Perhaps we, even if we hadn't have won at Ulkay, if we'd have put the performance in, you can accept that it's when you go and get Trump before 40 points. I mean, we conceded four tries in the last 17 minutes of the game. That's that's to me putting a cue on the rack. Mm. I mean, that that Kane Lynette went through there. Um, I don't know what Morgan Escalier was trying to do, but he's a fullback. You try and tackle him. I mean, Gary Broadbent, remember him, probably didn't have the best tackling technique in the world, Broadbent, but he'd dive on you, he'd do something, he'd try and bring the man down brave as they come. Morgan Escalier like just ran away. <coughs> And it, you know, it's I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to do there. But a few of the other tries were a bit like that. They were they were sloppy. It was I don't know. We just sort of collapsed in that last last twenty minutes. And you know, we've not been perhaps uh, I've got used to watching as where we've not done that. Last few years we've not done that. I mean, twenty years ago it was like that every week. One of we collapse and fold up at half time. But last few years we've we've got used to competing a bit better, haven't we? Yeah. And, uh, 
and, and winning games and that. So, uh, so yeah, I think I think supporters just want a little glimmer of hope to grasp hold of now, don't they? They just want something. Um, I mean, I don't expect us to go and win on Friday night, but I want us to go there and, and put something. If you can't get up for this game on Friday as a player, well, you know, especially players that have played in the previous regime, you think they really want to go out and, and improve something on Friday. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's going to be a nerve-wracking night. I'm really nervous about Friday, I must admit. But no, just going back to the free word match, I totally understand what people are saying because they want us to do well and care about the club. Yeah, Parky. Uh, my wife said that to me on uh, on Friday. Said you see you're a bit chipper, uh, considering you've been done by forty points. And I was like, yeah, but it kind of reminds me of the the glory days of like late nineties, <laughs> early two thousand. We were awful, but yeah. we had a lot of beer then, so it kind of it kind of uh, dulled the pain. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, there's another side to it. It's it's correct. We did kind of come a bit immune to it, didn't we? It was just yeah. we're turning up. We're going to get beat. That's that's how it is. Um, but back then, I'm not sure we always had a squad as strong as we've got now. Mm. We always had good players and we could always feel, you know, a decent-ish team. But we didn't have the depth of the squad. And that's that's the disappointing thing for me now that this, I expected slightly more from him. I'm not asking, I'm not saying grand finals and, and cup finals again and all that kind of stuff. Just just give a little bit more. And there are players in that, that team that are very, very capable rugby league players. You know, uh, and it's just not we're just not getting it out of them. But one thing I did want to say, and it, it only it struck me on the game, and I forgot about it was last week. Uh, Richard Marshall gave us uh, gave us a, a, an interview, and he said about you asked him about Darcy Lussick going out alone yeah. as a prop, and then this week we played Jack Wells at prop, who's a back rower. Now he told us we were we were blessed in that department. Mm. I, I I couldn't get my head round why he would play a back rower at prop. If that's the case, I, I'm not sure what that, it's things like that that then give fans the opportunity to say he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm. You know, he's he's seen something there. He probably thought he could do the job. He might have thought he's a bit more mobile. Their pack isn't maybe it gives us an advantage. I don't know, but it just seems a bit to say you've got enough props and then not play one at prop. Um, it was a it was an odd decision. But things like that, you know, it's only just come back to me now, and it just 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 a strange. A strange thing, but um, yeah, overall, like you're saying there, though, Rob, going back to you know the the, the good old days or the bad old days, <laughs> we, I had I had like Paul thought that that was kind of a little bit behind us. Um, we've been competitive, yeah. We still had the odd trumping every now and then in the last few years. You know, I'm not saying everything we've done in the last three four years has been you know excellent. Let's not forget we do still lose more than we win generally, but we've been fighting in games a lot more. And of late, that slipped and slipped drastically. And the last two games are alarming. Um, and like Paul alluded to, and again, we will talk about it shortly, but Friday night could be very, very messy. So there's got to be a big attitude swing from our guys um, to, to prevent that. Yeah. Also, just to make it clear, a lot of people on Twitter um, talking about Richard Marshall's post-match press conference, um, it was just me and, and a load of people from from Hull, um, so they didn't they didn't edit any other sort of questions out from other other journalists. There was a lot of conversations, Paul, that that you know the the club were trying to like sort of hide stuff, but they, it, I can confirm it was just me. Uh, but it's, it can be a bit like, can't it, when you when you're in press conferences? Yeah, yeah, I remember when we've not been in one for a long time myself um, a live one but we've been in a few of Ian Watson over the over the years haven't we and 
really defended him and tried yeah. to help him out because we've always been like the friendly face. Leads away. Leads yeah, away was one when we got. Yeah, because yeah, we, and when we've been robbed by this, yeah, because you, we were that friendly face because you, you you support the team, don't you? I mean, me and you, Parky, we're not. We like to do our best in the journalism world, but we we're not sort of sitting on the fence, people, are we? We we we, we love the club and we, we'll defend the club, and we're very biased towards the club, and I always will be. I'll always stick up for the for the club. I'll, I'll try and be fair. I'm not. I, I don't um, sort of tell lies and anything, but you always are that sort of friendly face, aren't you, in a press conference? And I've never tried to ask awkward questions of the coach and, and get him in trouble. Whereas, you know, a whole journalist might try and ask that awkward question because he's not bothered about that coach. I, I always treat the coach as a human as well because, you know, he, he deserves the respect as well. Some people don't, do they just try and trip people up. So uh, so I can imagine it being a bit difficult sometimes. You've got a lot of OKR people there uh, baying for blood. So, um, so, yeah, and it was a difficult night, wasn't it? It's difficult to defend. I mean, coming to the, the wicket like that uh, for a coach, especially now that you're doing these Zoom ones after the defeat, it's different. You've got a load of people sat in the screen in front of you. I bet it's pretty hard to do that. It's probably hard in a room of people, but over a computer, it's probably worse. Well, I, I, to be honest, I think it's easier because when you're talking to Richard Marshall, it's just him. When right. when you're in like a when in, in like a real life press conference, there's no order to it. It's just whoever sort of shouts first, really. Yeah. Um, so it is a bit more organised on Zoom. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd put that out there because people were people were thinking like they said they were sort of editing out what was really going on, which they weren't doing. But yeah, it, you know, it is it is what it is. I'm sure I'm sure it's uh, you know it was what it was. Quite enjoyed it. Quite enjoyed talking to Richard. I like I like sort of asking him questions to make him think, and that and that's kind of I never really had a chance to speak to Ian Watson because you spoke to him most of the time. So this it's been kind of a good thing really for me to to pick his brains and and, and see how he's what he's thinking. Uh, and try and get in his head a little bit, uh, and just and just see what it's what it's all about, Parker. Yeah, it's interesting to to see, and obviously he seems honest enough. You, you know, you, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes at any club, and and you know how how he feels inside. You know, he'll be hurting. It's his professional pride as well. Um, but you've got you've got to come out and face the press, whether it's Zoom call or or a room full of journals. You know, whichever way it is, and that's that's part of his job, unfortunately. And at the moment, I suppose one thing he's got to be glad of—he's not—he's not the head of a, not a manager of a professional, you know, Premier League side or, or an England manager after they've been beaten, you know, and being called a turnip head or something like that, you know, a Swede or whatever. It's, he's, you know, he's a lot lower down on the scale than that. So, um, but yeah, you know, he, he's honest, and all managers are, as far as I can see these days. You know, they're all open, and there's nothing, nothing much to hide, and what there is. He's, he's there for a reason, you know. You can't, like I said earlier, he's not just going to dig a player out because he's not going to do anyone any good. So, um, yeah, but, you know, fair play to all the managers when they come out after the game and after the defeat like that. Yeah, so that's a solid 45 minutes talking about the defeat against uh, Ulke. We've got all out of our system now, hopefully, uh, and we can uh, sort of uh, talk about good things now, hopefully, for the rest of the pod. So let's look at all the big news coming out of the club. We wanted good news, but we got bad news. Paul, Paul, uh, Callum Watkins has been on his Instagram telling us that his injury is worse than first feared. Yeah, that's that's bad news for for Callum Watkins, isn't it? We thought he was going to be out for a while. He's had uh, he's had a bit of bad luck with injuries, hasn't he, over the over the last few years? And it was the ACL, I think it is, and things like that. So it's difficult to come back from them. So it looks like we're not going to see him for the rest of the season. I hope it's not 
the end of his career, I hope he can make a comeback because sometimes when you get an injury like that, it, it can be curtains, can't it? So let's hope he recovers well and and comes back stronger for us next season because I'm not sure how long his contract is, but I'd hate to say we've seen the last of him. So uh, just hope he recovers and you know he, he gets through it because he has. He suffered badly with injuries and you know he played really well for us. I thought last season you know, we got to that cup final and he's, he's he started pretty well and pretty solid this season. So uh, so yeah, he's another another hole out of the team, isn't he? And especially in that three quarter section of the side where we was you know we, we looked quite well there didn't we with Sargison and, and, and Callum Watkins but you know Sargison's out, been out suspended and Watkins injured now we're a bit short there Matt Costello was out injured as well so we, we took a bit of a hammering in the three quarters so I know I wish Callum all the best and hopefully he comes back yeah it's a tough injury to come back from Parker he's been like, like Paul said he's been he's been good for us uh, his World Cup dreams are in, are in tatters now unfortunately but hopefully he'll come back next season stronger yeah He's he's he must be devastating for the lad. Like like Paul said, he's been through so much in the last few years, injuries wise, and you know he, he went to Australia and he came back, and you know that his confidence really took a knock, and he's trying to rebuild his career, and it's difficult. He's in a team that's getting beat every week at the moment as well, and then this, you know, he didn't go he didn't go to the uh, the surgeon or, or or wherever he went, the specialist for this injury. He didn't know it was a problem. You know, he was checking out. Or they just checked it out and then found out that it had gone again. And devastated for the lad, really am. Uh, I think we all want, as, as Salford fans, we all want the best for Cal because he, he's a local lad. You know, he's a ball boy at the club, and we don't have many of our own, as they say. And he's he's one of them. And we all urge, we all want the best for him. Uh, and it's such a shame. And you know, he's gone for the season, and Kev Brown possibly gone for the season you know we, we're not getting any luck in that in that department um and i just you know obviously we'd love to see kev back before the end so we can you know wish him well in his retirement sort of thing um with cal he's still he's still got time on his side it's how he, he recovers and i hope now the club do the best to look after him getting the best help they can getting back in you know through the rehab and uh, and let's hope we get getting back on the pitch for the start of next season. Yeah, I think that's the important thing, uh, Paul. That the club rally round him. He's had a lot of issues uh, in his, in his life, and I suppose being injured, uh, you know, it's kind of a gateway to maybe go back to them dark days. And hopefully, the club will support him and make sure he don't go go back to there. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm sure the club will support him. The club of do really well by the players. I think we've got quite a settled club now, and with people, the officials at the club are good people. I'm sure they'll stand by by Callum, and um, I think he'll come back stronger from that. I, I still think he's got years left in him. Um, he's just got to take his time now. You know, mentally it's going to be tough. You know, if you're out now for the rest of the season, that I, I know if it was me, um, I'd be a bit you know stressed out about it. I remember I was, I was off work for six months from my back a few years ago, and it's it's awful. You know, when you're at a long term out and you can't do anything, you're sat about. It does it's much more at your head than your, your physical sort of illness you, you you worry about that and it does stress you out you want to do things you want to be doing so so yeah he's just got to focus on getting himself right now have a bit of time away relax and then just get himself prepared and then you know got a full pre-season then and really really sort of smash it but it, what what sort of effect does it have in your head though once you had an injury like that does it hold you back a bit in training do you are you always thinking about that i hope not because he's still a good player i think he's still got an awful lot to offer yeah, let's go on to the big news, the breaking news, the good news, Parker. We've signed a Tongan halfback, Atta Hing Arno. A Tongan halfback for the rest of the season with an option of two more years. Just what the doctor ordered. 
Is that is that now official? Is That's confirmed on the official yeah. website. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just WhatsApped him. <laughs> there was, was rumours uh, rumours going on during the day. Uh, well, we were saying before, what do we need? Do we need a boost? Who knows? He, he could be our, our new Jacko. You just you know you don't know. He, he could could sadly go the other way and could be a Jack Little John. You never know. But um, no, he's he, you know he's played on RL, played for Tonga in the World Cup. I think he played. Did he play every game in the last World Cup? Yeah. Um, so he'll know, he'll know Tui anyway. So uh, I don't know if that'll help or hinder. I'm not sure. But yeah, good. And we need we need fresh blood. We're running out of troops. Obviously, like we just said, uh, Callum Watkins and, and Kev Brown, Elliot Keir has gone on to pastures new. You know, injuries all, all over the place. We need numbers, definitely. Um, so let's see what this guy can do. I think he's pretty versatile as well. I think he can cover a, a number of positions, which... Again, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's it's not so good, jack of all trades. But um, no, I, I, you know, let's get him over here, let's get him in, into the team and let's see if that fresh blood just gives us a bit of impetus, a bit of buzz around the changing room. You know, he might be that kind of character. He might be, you know, I, I think of like Kevin McGuinness who, you know, the players loved being around because he was such a, you know, he, he was buzzing all the time. And uh, and I think that, that might lift the, the camp a little bit. Great news, yeah. Yeah, I did a bit of research on him because I thought we might be on uh, for 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 a signing. Um, Paul, he's been playing for McKay Cutters uh, this season. Scored, well, kicked three goals in ten games. Two four dropout average, sort of kicking meters of sort of two hundred yards. Sixty percent goal kicking conversion rate, uh, which is good. Six try assists, three cl- three clean breaks. Um, passed well, received three hundred and sixty-three passes. So he's kind of a kind of instrumental to what they're doing. Really made one hundred and seventeen tackles. Well, with a seventy-five percent uh, success rate, which is pretty good for a halfback. You say two hundred yards for a kick? How long's that? It's quite a long way, isn't it? Two hundred yards. Yeah. How long's a kick? How long's a pitch? Average, average yeah. kicking meters one hundred and seventy-two point seven meters. Blimey! So I was thinking they did it all okay last week and he kicked it in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> from there, it's a long way. <laughs> so yeah, he, no, he, sounds good. He sounds yeah. good. I mean, I, I'd look a read of him before because I saw that the rumours. I, I thought they'd signed him. Um, I didn't actually check the website. I just seen it all over Facebook and had a little read of him and what have you. And I think somebody shared a post he'd put on, and I think it was him and his girlfriend or his wife, and everyone was wishing him good luck. So it sounded like they were on the way to the UK. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, good luck to him. Good luck to him and his partner and his family, whoever he's bringing over with him, and you know, safe journeys. And I, I really hope we get behind him. You know, let's uh, let's make him really welcome. And uh, you know, anybody who puts that Salford shirt on and comes to our club, we should make welcome and be proud of him for for coming to the club. That's why I was thinking. I mean, and then when we we'll judge him when we see him play. If there's bobbins or whatever, and they're not putting it, then we'll have a go at him. But before they put that <laughs> shirt and that, we get right behind him, don't we? And uh, yeah, he's coming an awful long way, isn't he, from the other side of the world? So, uh, so yeah, anything. And I like Parkinson. I think it's positive. Sometimes that that extra player and that that new face and that he can lift people, and um, he could be just what we're looking for. Don't know until we see him. But uh, if he's played in the World Cup for Tonga, he must have something about him. Yeah, six uh, six try assists. Uh, Parker, which which is good, uh, three cli- three line breaks slash assists, uh, which means he's he's in the thick of it most of the time. Yeah, I think he's played. Uh, I think he's played loose forward a bit this year as well. Um, strangely enough, uh, it'll be home from home for him because uh, I know the McKay Cutters are currently sitting second bottom of their league, um, oh. <laughs> so uh, he'll fit straight in it. I think um, no, it, it, and as a halfback in a struggling team, you know your stats. 
I don't know. They don't always add up to your actual performance. Again, you don't know what, what goes on in the team around him, but you know he's got a clean slate when he gets here anyway. You know, nothing to lose. Hopefully, he's, he's looking at it in a way that... I think he's only about 24, isn't he? I think he's going to be looking at it in a, in a way of building his career. You know, he'll want to go back get get an NRL contract. At the moment, he's not in the NRL. He's, you know, he's in one of the, uh, the, the... I suppose the lesser leagues, but probably still the equal of our championship quite easily and maybe more, knowing what the Australians are like. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get him over here and get him, in, get him playing as soon as possible. Yeah, opportunity club gives player opportunity, Paul, and that's that's what Salford are all about. Remember Jackson Hastings? Yeah, opportunity knocks, as they used mm. to say. Yeah, um, yeah, why not? I, I just agree with what Parky said. You know, he's he's only a young young lad. He, he's going to want to prove something, put himself in a shop window for maybe a contract at Salford next year. We don't know how long he's signed for, do we? I'm not too sure. So whether it's just for this season or next season or whatever, he's a young guy. He's going to be ambitious. He's going to want to do well. So, uh, so yeah, he's going to want to get a first-team place as well. I mean, if he's an half-back, he's going to have to do a bit to get in our team because we've already got quite a few half-backs there. Haven't we? So, it's going to be interesting to see where Richard Marshall is going to put him and who's going to move around where. You've got Chris Atkin there, haven't you? And uh, Tui Lolly, Deck Patton. You know, we've got three guys. We've got Kevin Brown when he comes back from injury. We might not see him again this year. We don't know. But we've got three decent half-backs there. So, yeah. Uh, don't know where he's going to play him, so uh, so no, I, I just I think we needed somebody to come in. Didn't we? we needed a bit of fresh blood, plus the, the injuries we've got as well. It's going to uh, help the team out and uh, take a bit of pressure off other people. So so here he could be just what we're looking for. And I think the age thing of him just being twenty four, he's obviously going to have something to prove. He's not a guy at the end of his career who's just come over here for a bit of an holiday at the end of his career. So um, I'm hoping we're going to see a guy that's really up for it. Yeah, other good news. Uh, Parky Paul Trainer uh, and the club have announced that 71 <coughs> schools now are part of a school partnership uh, with the club They're from Salford, Manchester, Bury, Bolton, Stockport, Tameside and Trafford. So we spoke to Paul Trainer a few weeks ago about his plans and the club's plans for reaching into different areas of the, the city and uh, it seems to be paying off. 71 schools and all the kids are now involved. Yeah, I think I think when we did the uh, train Paul Trainer uh, interview last the other week and we put it on air, I think didn't he say we had about 50 involved at the time? So that's but you know that's, that's a big jump. Uh, and and Paul was mentioning last week about the area that we're in 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 Salford and, and then the surrounding areas. How we're actually in a, a really good position for picking up talent, you know, there'll be lads and girls at these schools that have never played rugby, league, probably never even seen them, you know, like you mentioned some of them areas, there'd be mainly football areas, you would have thought, who now might turn out to be the next big thing, you know, and we're giving them that introduction and we're their club. Uh, great, great work by the club again. I know we had a big a big chat about it last week and there's, there's a lot going on behind the scenes there at Salford and, you know, with the, the college team as well, which is doing, still doing really well. Um, so yeah, it's it's good it's good to hear. Seventy one is you know I mean I, I that's a lot of schools. I don't know how many schools there are. Uh, I've got no idea how many being Salford alone, but that that seems a lot to me for for the area. So uh, yeah, great work. Yeah, if you if you're kids at school and and they haven't been sort of contacted by Salford, if if you want to get them uh, to contact uh, Paul Trainer, you can on Paul Trainer at SalfordDevils.net. Um, and uh, he'll do the rest. Um, and it's very impressive what his uh, what his plans are, uh, Paul. 
Yeah, it certainly is. I, I was surprised when I saw that. I thought 71 schools is a lot, trying to top schools up and that around where I live. I, don't, I can't think of that many. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, like I said the other week, there's there's a, a, a massive area in Greater Manchester, Salford, and we need to get into all of that. I mean, I just often think about London and the amount of kids who are playing the game down there and the way they've done it. And uh, they've got an awful lot of talent coming through. Some of it's raw talent, but they've got some some really good athletes coming through down there. And, you know, we, we were the same up here. You know, the, the communities of people that we've got from different ethnic backgrounds as well. And, you know, some of those some of those kids get, you know, bigger at different ages, don't they, and progress at different ages. But if you can get them all playing the game, and I know people say, yeah, certain areas of football there, it's a bit of a football area where I live and that, but you know, people will be interested if they're playing it in schools and that, and you're giving them the opportunity, and you give them something to work towards and something to be part of. Kids love being part of things, don't they, and feeling part of something. So, um, you know, if you get them on, on board with Salford, I think, I think it's a great thing. And I'm not being disrespectful to Oldham and Rochdale and, and Swinton and, and, and other teams around us, but we're the Premier team. We're the Super League team. We're at the top of the charts at the moment. So, uh, you know, no disrespect to them. Let, let's work with them and, 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 and work with those communities around there because the amount of people and kids that have come from Oldham, I mean, you know, yeah. playing for Great Britain and playing for top sides like Saints and Wigan, there's, there's lots that come from that area and that neck of the woods. So, uh, and, and, and Manchester as well. So, uh, so yeah, we, we've got to just work with them all and keep doing what we're doing. And I think we'll be okay. Yeah, final bit of news, uh, Parker. Wildfing have a sale on, uh, which, which is great. Obviously, lots of good merchandise to, to get there. Yeah, earlier in the season, really as well. These things usually happen towards the end when they, you know, they they've got you know stock left or whatever else. But I don't. I think they, they, they put it up back end of last week. I think it was. It mm. went over, and it's there's still plenty to get there. I mean, I I don't personally buy replica shirts anymore, despite the fact I've got about seven hundred in the house. Um, <laughs> I, I, but you know, when, when you look at the original price, but I think, uh, but now brilliant, great. I, they've got. Loads of stuff there. I've been really impressed with them, actually, Wild Thing, with what they've done. Um, it's been difficult, obviously, because pandemic going to the ground, so a lot of people won't be buying merchandise as such because, you know, they might not feel comfortable wearing it in the pub or wherever they go, whatever they do. But uh, now, now we're you know, allowed back in grounds. I think it's great timing. Uh, and I hope, you know, I hope people do, you know, have a look and, and hopefully they can bring out a few more bits for the rest of the year now. And, um, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a good thing. Father's Day's coming up, Paul. It could be an opportunity here. Yeah, I've already got my dad's son. I'm not saying no because uh, he listens to the show, so I'm not telling him. So uh, I've seen him on Sunday, so uh, I'm not going to say it's coming, it's coming to our house for his tea, so uh, I'm going to keep it quiet. But I don't know if my kids have got me anything. They usually do. They usually sort me out with someone. Sort <laughs> me from Wilfing. Now we're, now we're on, on video. It's an opportunity for us to be clothed off for their gear. Mm. There we go. Hey, just have you tried a power cut as well? Because you well, <laughs> oddly enough, I was just about to say I'm going to be very unprofessional, but the, the studio's on. gone dark, <laughs> so I need to put a light on. You going to turn the light on, Parker? So don't miss me too much. I can't. You know, the viewers obviously, you know, they, they obviously love the dulcet tones. They'd like to see me beautiful face as well. This so is it. Fair play. You're in the dark as well, Rob. I am. I am. You're right, Paul. Um, you like that the 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 time, the winds of time have have, have come, and uh, the sun has dropped below the clouds, and 
Oh, right. Was that the sunlight that was coming in, right? I put the little lamp on. Probably a metaphor what's going on now, really, to be fair. But there you go. Um, So, yeah, that's all the the big news going on, Paul. And and now what we're going to do, you're going to read us through the amateur scene and what's going on there. Drop me in it here now, because I normally record this and it takes about be good, four this. goals, so I've got to do this live now. Live. You should hear me when I do it at work in my van, I have to do it in about 10 attempts, because I'll go all the way through it and i miss some out and I'll swear and I have to start again. No so, pressure. No, I'm going to try and talk you through the amateur report now, guys. Yeah, so I'll start off this week with the National Conference Leagues that I do every week. It was a bit of a, a difficult week for our, our Rochdale and Oldham teams in the Conference Leagues. Uh, as you know, the, the, the leagues are split into like regions now. Uh, with, his, with his leagues that's gone this season. He's Crossfields 46, Saddle Rangers 12, Rochdale Mayfield were beating a home to Oldham St. Anne's by 38 points to 30. Waterhead 22, Clock Face minus 30. The fixtures for this week, there's just one involving our local sides and it's on Saturday the 19th of June and it's between Pilkington Rex and Rochdale Mayfield. That's this weekend, 2.30 kickoff. So that's the National Conference Leagues rounded up. I'll have to get my glasses on now if it's only a small right in this. We're moving on to the youth and junior leagues in the under-18s Premier Division at the weekend. It was Lee Minor Rangers 24, Waterhead 18. In Division 1 of the under-18s, it was Witness Moorfield 42, Rochdale Mayfield 20. In the under-16s Division 1, Pilkington Rex 12, Waterhead Warriors 12. And in Division 3 of the under-16s, Charlie 8, Langworthy 28, Folly Lane 14, Golden Parkside 58. Fixtures for <laughs> Sunday, the 20th of June. It's Lancashire Cup week this week in the under-18s. We've got Folly Lane against Hindley, Oldham St. Anne's against Witness Moorfield Tigers. Oral St. James play Rochdale Mayfield. Ulverston play Waterhead Warriors. In the North West Youth Cup, under 18s, it's Ashton Bears Gold against Caddies and Rhinos, and Langworthy Reds play Ascombe. Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Blackbrook Royals. In the under 16s, Lancashire Cup, Blackbrook Royals play Waterhead Warriors. Salford City Roosters at home to Hindley. And in the Northwest Youth Cup under 16s, it's Charlie Panthers against West Hart Lions. Goulburn Parkside against Langworthy Reds. Oral St. James Blues against Folly Lane and Wigan St. Cuthbert's against Rochdale Mayfield. In the Northwest Men's League, Results from Saturday the 12th of June. Division 1, it was Moorfield, Tigers 40, Berry Broncos 20. In Division 2, Caddy's Head Rhinos 12, Pilkington Rex A 12. Fantastic game there, I believe, ending in a tight draw. Division 3, it was Salford City Roosters 12, Roos Pioneers 14. Salford City Roosters have been on a roll this season, and that's I think that's their first defeat of the season. We've been waxing lyrical about them every week, but they've beaten their 14 points to 12 in that one. In Division 4 of the Northwest Men's League, Langworth the Reds went down at home to West Bank Bears, 48 points to 8. Newton Storm, 24. Higginshaw, 32. In Division 5, it was Higginshaw, A, 28. Liverpool, St. Helens, 24. And there was two results in the Division 5, South and East. Burton, Wood Chargers, 34. Waterhead, Warriors, A, 20. And Runcorn, 24. Bolton, Mets, 22. The fixtures for this weekend, Saturday, the 19th of June. Division 1, Berry Broncos at home to Haydock. Latchford, Albion play Oldham, St. Helens, A. Division 2, Thatto Heath, the Crusaders B are at home to West Horton Lions. Lee Minor Rangers A play Caddy's Head Rhinos. Pilkington Rex A play Folly Lane. And Division 3, Rochdale Mayfield A are at home to Culture Beagles. Division 4, Higginshaw play Langworthy Reds. And Division 5, North and West Liverpool Lions face Higginshaw A. And finally, in Division 5, South and East, Ince Rosebridge A are at home to Bolton Mets. Salford City Roosters A play Runcorn. And Waterhead Warriors A 
playing the Ashton Bears A. And what I've been doing this year, I don't know if you've noticed, but I, I, I give the teams in the Championship and League One a bit of a mention now, yeah. as well as it being the amateur report. <clears throat> is a round up of the other leagues as well so the results from the weekend just gone in the Betfred Championship was Dewsbury 12 Toulouse Olympic 56 Featherstone Rovers beat Bradford Bulls 44 points to nil Halifax Panthers 30 York City Knights 6 Oldham 28 Sheffield Eagles 32 Swinton Lions were beaten 30 points to 36 home to Newcastle Thunder they're still searching for their first win Whitehaven 20 Batley Bulldogs 24 Witness 22, London Broncos 24. That cost me a few quid in my bets as well after I backed uh, Witness Vikings in that one. And in Division, uh, Betfred League 1, sorry, Barrow 40, Rochdale Hornets 4. Another defeat for Rochdale Hornets. We're expected to do really well this season and they're uh, starting to struggle. But Barrow looking really strong at the top of League 1. Coventry Bears 12, Workington 30, Keith Cougars 70, West Wales 12, London Scholars 10, Hunflet 62 and North Wales Crusaders 0, Doncaster 68. The fixtures for this week in the Betfred Championship. Uh, all the games are played on Sunday the 20th of June. It's Dewsbury against Featherstone, London Broncos against Whitehaven. That's on the Hour League app. Newcastle Thunder against Oldham. Swinton Lions at home to Halifax Panthers. And there's two games on the Hour League app at 3 o'clock. Witness Vikings against Sheffield Eagles and York City Knights against Batley Bulldogs. In the Betfred League 1 on Sunday, Coventry Bears play Keith Cougars, Hunslet play Doncaster and Workington play Rochdale. There's a couple of games on Saturday as well, sorry, in Betfred League 1. London Scholars against Barrow on the Hour League app at half past three. And there's a game at uh, three o'clock, West Wales Raiders against North Wales Crusaders or Welsh Derby. <laughs> so uh, that is the amateur report for this week. It's very, very difficult doing it live. And next week, I think I'll do it as normal again. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Did it in one, Parky? What, what else can you ask for? <laughs> swearing. I'm swearing. <laughs> very professional. Very good, that. You'll get a, a job on there. Uh, Grandstand if it's still going, or some of that reading the scores out in the video printer. <laughs> James um, Alexander Gordon reading yeah. the scores out. Yeah, yeah, you'd be all right at that. Um, some some interesting scores again. Featherston, you sure. know, obviously we've got we've got uh, connections there at the moment with uh, Lusick being there. Uh, I don't know if he played this weekend, but that's some result putting forty four on on Bradford or, or whatever it was. Absolutely thumping, um, magnificent. And as for Swinton. I, I don't, I don't know where where they go now. You know, getting beat at home to Newcastle is, it's a bit of a low, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, they had a bit of an emergency at the ground as well, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. One of their their, their uh, sort of patrons, if you like, had uh, had a bit of a, a bit of an incident and has been was rushed to hospital. So you know, we just wish everyone at the Swinton Club all the best with that. Yeah, uh, hope he's uh, hope he's fine. I think with the uh, now we're doing it on video. Oh, and the way you had to position yourself then to, to read your amateur report. You know what that wall's missing behind your picture? Right, OK. Make I'll sure get you... something there next yeah. week. I've got a few canvases, actually. I've got a load of Salford gear in the garage, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll deck it out on my couch next yes. week for you. Needs... I'll get some stuff ready. I've had Just... a long day. I didn't get home till late today, so next week. When you, were, when you were leaning over then, I thought, a picture, I need to put a picture there. Well, I thought I'd just tell you, just in case you know. I've only just moved in. <laughs> Gives the chance. <laughs> yeah, so we've been at it sort of an hour and 15 minutes now. So what we might do, um, I'll put this out now and then we'll put out a pop-up to preview the Uddersfield game in the next couple of days. So big thanks for tuning in to this first part of the Devil of the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil of the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact and Spotify. See you in a day or so.